All In Podcast Show is home to the top entrepreneurs, innovators, and world changers sharing their breakthrough moments and how they are changing the world. We will bring mentors into your world who can help you find balance and build a bold life of excellence with your host, Daniel Giordano. Get off the sidelines. Get all in. And join us at www.allinpodcast.com. Okay, I want to welcome everyone to the All In Podcast Show today. And today I am uh, privileged and blessed to have the opportunity to uh, share a message with you of a man that's out there uh, changing the world and being used to uh, have a tremendous impact through uh, so many different mediums. And um, I'm just honored to have him on today. And uh, I want to welcome uh, Jim Stovall. Jim, welcome to the show. It is great to be with you. Thank you. Awesome. So, uh, Jim... um, uh, you know, I've had the privilege of hearing you speak a couple times and, uh, you know, following you online a bit. Um, but I, I just want to share your story because I believe it's so impactful of, of uh, you know, what you're doing out there in the world, speaking to so many and, and uh, letting them know about, uh, um, you know, the power of, of being able to have vision and, and uh, beyond, you know, anything you could imagine. And uh, I think you just have such a powerful message. So if you could just share a little bit about your background and where you come from and let's dive right into your story. Well, I grew up uh, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I make my home today, and I had a fairly normal childhood, and through my teenage years, I had one passion in life and one goal, and that was to be an All-American football player and then go into the NFL and make my living as a professional, and the the coaches and scouts and people who monitor those sorts of things uh, assured me I had the size and the speed to do that, and so that was my life, my plan, and uh, I really didn't have a, a safety net or a plan B or anything else. I was just focused on that uh, to the exclusion of studying and doing good in school and everything else. And then during a routine physical one year to go play another season of ball, I was diagnosed with a condition that would cause me to lose my sight. And... Um, you know, your whole world just kind of stops. I realized, you know, I'm not going to go in the NFL and make my living as a pro ball player. I, I checked it out, and at that time and to this very day, there's never been a blind guy in the NFL. There's a few referees we're a little concerned about still, but uh, no blind guys. And I realized i got to go do something else. And so I, I, I switched my life and finished my athletic career as an Olympic weightlifter and uh, got to – um, experience being a championship athlete doing that, and I'm sitting here in my office with a gold medal across the room from me, and it was a privilege to get to continue to compete. And then in my late 20s, I did indeed lose the remainder of my sight, and for over 25 years, I've been a totally blind person. And, uh, you know, for a while, I did nothing other than sit in my little room. I was depressed and scared and thought I would never leave my house again, and then uh, over time I got my act together and started listening to some powerful positive messages and internalizing them, and I started a company that uh, makes movies and television accessible to millions of blind and visually impaired people, and out of that I became a speaker, and I've written 30 books now, and six of them have been made into movies, and I write a weekly syndicated column uh, read by... Uh, Uh, four million people each week on three continents, and I get to speak to millions of people each year 
in arena events around the world. And uh, that's kind of the thumbnail sketch of going from there to here. That's, that's awesome. And, um, you know, obviously at, at your, I guess, darkest moments when, when you did go blind, um, you know, share with the audience, you know, because I, I know there's a lot of times that people go through challenges in life and, and they think it's the end of the world and, you know, don't see a way out um, or, or a way to take the next step. Um, you know, what was that like for you to, to you know, what, what drove you once you made the decision uh, to uh, start, you know, uh, the first business that you were involved in that led to, you know, impacting so many people? Well, I, you know, I did indeed think my life had ended and it was not only the end of my sight uh, and the beginning of living life with a disability, it was the end of my dream of uh, being a professional athlete, uh, at least on the football field. And so I moved into this little 9 by 12 foot room in the back of my house. And uh, I was depressed and despondent and broke and scared. And uh, I've never met anybody as, uh, as depressing as I was at that time. And I think that's an important phase for everybody to go through. I mean, it's like the grieving process when you lose somebody. I mean, you need to experience the pain of that, but you need to limit that. And, you know, you need to rebound and reflect and refocus. And uh, so over time, um, I began doing that. I, it started with a lady down the street. A little old lady lived on the corner in my neighborhood, and she brought me a tape series. Uh, by Dr. Dennis Waitley called The Psychology of Winning. And I sat there and devoured those. I wore those out and then got another set and eventually wore those out. And then I got, uh, uh, they sent me uh, the uh, uh, the DVD or the CD version of it. And now I won't wear that out anymore. But uh, I'm actually on my third set of uh, Psychology of Winning from Dennis Waitley. And, you know, in that he has this wonderful epic poem he wrote called if you think you can, you can. And it's an amazing piece of work. And, uh, you know, I had people telling me, you're never going to do anything, you'll never go anywhere. But these tapes kept telling me, if you think you can, you can. And I realized somebody's lying to me. And over time, I just chose to believe Dennis Waitley's message. And um, later we became friends. He wrote the foreword to my first book. He's attended a number of my events now. And it's uh, it's been a marvelous experience going from... Um, him being my example, my mentor now to being friends and colleagues, and uh, and uh, now I've included him in a couple of my events. So it's been a great opportunity. But that's kind of what got me started. And then the idea of starting narrative television was simply a matter of I was sitting in that little room, and before I lost my sight, that was our television room. And we had a TV and a VCR over there and my collection of classic movies, and one day out of sheer boredom, I put on an old Humphrey Bogart film, and I thought I'll be able to follow this just by listening, because I've seen this movie so many times. And, you know, and it worked for a little while. I listened to it and imagined what was going on. But then somebody shot somebody, and the car sped away, and I got really frustrated. And I said the magic words. I said, somebody ought to do something about that. And the next time you or anyone listening to us here, the next time you experience yourself saying somebody ought to do something about that, you just had a great idea. The whole world's waiting for a great idea, and they trip over one about three times a week. The only thing we got to do to have a great idea is go through our daily routine, wait for something bad to happen, and ask yourself, how could I have avoided that? And the answer is a great idea. And the only thing you got to do to have a great business 
is ask yourself, how could I help other people avoid that? Because the world will bring you fame and fortune and success and everything you want if you'll help other people solve their problems. But the only way we get ahead in this world is create value for other people. It's not about you and me. It's about them. Right. That's awesome. So, you know, I, I mean, it's just, um, you know, a fascinating process when you when you've made the when you made the decision to step into that space and, and really um, solve a problem that you personally, you know, that was near and dear personal to you as well. Um, and, and to see where it went from there. So as you, you know, wrote your wrote your books and, and fast forwarding into, you know, ultimately the movies, um, you know, I, I want to hear. Um, your perspective on, you know, do, did you write the books with the intention of, uh, you know, did you have the vision far, that far out, I guess is what I'm asking, of, you know, someday this is going to become a movie? Um, no, I, I never had the vision beyond the next thing. I never really thought about being an author. Uh, I, out of the success of narrative television, I found myself on a speaking tour with Dr. Robert Schuler and Dennis Waitley, I mentioned earlier, and the three of us were doing a series of... Uh, West Coast Arena events, and one day backstage, the two of them encouraged me to write a book. And um, Dr. Schuler called his publisher, and uh, Dr. Waitley agreed to write the foreword. And uh, and so I came home and I uh, I, I wrote my story of uh, uh, losing my sight and giving up my career in football and becoming an Olympic weightlifting champion and starting my company and all the things, and it was in a book called You Don't Have to Be Blind to See, and I never thought I'd have another book. I just, I, I told my whole story in that book, and then the publisher had great success with that, and they wanted another book, so I interviewed a bunch of people I'd worked with on television and uh, on stage, and I wrote a book called Success Secrets of Super Achievers, and then I wrote The Way I See the World, and then I did a book uh, with Steve Forbes and Donald Trump called Great American Success Stories, and I was really scraping the bottom of the barrel. So when they wanted another book, I realized uh, uh, I, I'm going to make up a story. I, I just wrote a novel uh, entitled The Ultimate Gift, and that was my very first novel. I wrote it in five days, uh, just in between my phone calls and meetings here at the television network, and that became a worldwide phenomenon. It, uh, it has been translated into several dozen languages and has sold uh, many millions of copies and that became our first movie and uh, and it, it became a runaway success as a movie with James Garner and Abigail Breslin and Brian Dennehy and and so we did the second movie in that uh, uh, series called The Ultimate Life the sequel and we added Peter Fonda and then in the third one we just finished it'll be out next month called The Ultimate Legacy we added Raquel Welch to that one and those three, the trilogy of the ultimate gift, ultimate life, and ultimate legacy, have been a real gift. And then, and then some of my other novels, *The Lamp*, *A Christmas Snow*, *Nouvelle Vie*, *New Life*. Those things uh, have also been turned into movies with others contemplated. And I honestly, uh, you know, never think about it. I mean, only one in a one in a thousand uh, uh, manuscripts or books is ever picked up by a major publisher. And only one in a thousand books that are published by a major publisher are ever made into a movie. So a thousand thousand is a million. So, I mean, it's one in a million to think I'm going to write this story that's going to be a movie. And so it never even occurred to me. And um, and I'm still rather uh, 
uh, taken back whenever it happens. We're, I got some movie premiere events coming up, and uh, I do little cameos in each of my movies. I usually play the limo driver, uh, but in this last one, I played the bartender, and uh, I had a lot of fun with that. But, you know, to, to take a, a character that was nothing more than a figment of your imagination, and they come to life on this uh, 30-foot-high screen, it's, it's a pretty amazing experience. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I just like to hear this for, uh, you know, I'm sure some listeners that, that have a book in them that they want to, you know, write and maybe even potentially um, something that would happen to turn it into a movie. How did you come up with this story for The Ultimate Gift? Um, I really had nothing in my mind. Well, I think the key to writing fiction or coming up with a storyline is just to create great characters and let them go. I, I think too often, um, you know, aspiring writers get in their own way and they try to finesse the story or push harder. And in reality, it's a matter of just letting it go. I, You know, it's interesting. I've had the experience of dictating over 30 books, and then later they're made into audio books. And and occasionally I'll pick one up and put it on and listen to it. And there are huge parts of the stories I have no memory of at all. They come out of a different place. And one of the most fascinating things, when, when I could read with my eyes like you and your listeners do, just black on white, ink on paper, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I don't know that I ever read a whole story. But after losing my sight and discovering... Uh, audiobooks and high-speed listening that I can listen to at uh, approaching 800 words a minute, I'm able to read a book every day. There hasn't been a day in the last 20-plus uh, years I haven't read a whole book cover to cover, and that made me a writer. And, and then one of the most fascinating things is uh, we have a tendency to compare our first draft to other people's books we've read, and we never see their first draft, so we think our writing's bad. Well, recently um, they re-released a updated version of Ernest Hemingway's Movable Feast, one of my favorite books. And in the back, they put in some of his early drafts of that. And wow, what a revelation to realize. Uh, I mean, Ernest Hemingway writes as bad as the rest of us at, uh, <laughs> on his first attempt. So, uh, you know, the way to be a, a good writer is be willing to be a bad writer and write right through that stuff. Uh, one of my favorite 20th century authors, James Michener, at the end of his life wrote his autobiography called The Way I, uh, the, it's called The World is My Home. And in that he said, every aspiring author is filled with seven volumes of garbage, but they're not willing to write through that to get to the gold beneath. And, and I think that's where we all are. I mean, you know, you, you got to be willing to be bad before you're good. And people try, you know, they write three paragraphs on the first page and they don't like it and they give up. And it's just a matter of continuing to write. Hmm. Wow. So, wow. I mean, I, and I believe that, you know, the, you know, where you, you mentioned something powerful there where as you were writing the story, um, there are parts of it that, you know, came from another part of you. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, you know, and that, that's just powerful in and of itself when you really just let loose. Um, and allow your creativity and subconscious to take over and uh, just really, you know, um, share what's, you know, deep inside you. 
um, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I mean, I love that movie specifically. I've watched a number of times with my family, and just, you know, I love the message that that's in there. And you know, as as you know, all of your movies are just powerful messages and um, impactful um, in so many people's lives. So, um, so let's share a little bit about what you have going on now. I mean, I know you have uh, a new book, new new um, uh, movie coming out as well. Um, let's talk about how. Uh, you know how that came to be well earlier this year I released a book called the millionaire map and it's uh, become a bestseller and I'm really excited about it's continuing to do well in the marketplace and it's my story of going from abject poverty to becoming a multi-millionaire and it's one of the most difficult books I ever wrote because uh, in the first chapter I wrote don't ever take advice from anybody that doesn't have what you want and Everyone's personal business is their personal business right up until they ask you or me to make decisions based on it. And when I wrote that, I went home and I told my wife and my family, guys, uh, I just wrote this, and if we really believe this, uh, i got to do something uncomfortable. I went to Bank of America and Merrill Lynch, and I had them do an audited financial statement on me, not my homes, not my business or my books or movies or royalties, just cash on hand and invested uh, funds showing we have a net worth well in excess of $10 million. And I, it's very awkward and very uncomfortable even to talk about that, much less put it in print. But uh, I felt my readers deserve that. So we came out with that, The Millionaire Map, and it's a step-by-step -step of how to create wealth. Then I wrote a new novel called One Season of Hope, and it's the first in a uh, new series called Homecoming Historicals. They all take place in high schools, and this one's about a high school football player and uh, his life and death struggle during his senior year to uh, become a champion and uh, to uh, um, struggle with cancer. And it's an amazing story, and it's already been optioned uh, as a movie. And uh, the school I made up is called Harry Truman High School, and at various points in the story, uh, it kind of refers back to lessons from Harry Truman. And next we're doing Will Rogers with Will to Win, and then Mark Twain with Making Your Mark, and The Making of a King with Martin Luther King. and So we're doing a number of those, but uh, One Season of Hope is out now. And then just last week I released a book called Ultimate Hindsight, which uh, it's over 100 movie stars, athletes, politicians, business people who I've interviewed, worked with on TV or on stage or in the movies over the years, and their ideas of success and happiness and things they know now they wish they'd known before. And it's their advice, and it goes all the way back to Catherine Hepburn, Frank Sinatra, Jimmy Stewart, right up to Matthew McConaughey, uh, current athletes, uh, baseball players, people in the NFL. And um, so there's there's someone in there that will appeal to everyone. It goes all the way from Dr. Ruth to the Dalai Lama. Everybody's in this book. So it's called Ultimate Hindsight. And then uh, The Ultimate Legacy will be out in January in theaters and then go to the Hallmark uh, TV network. And um, I got several books for next year. One's The Art of Communication, and one is called uh, Wisdom for Winners with Napoleon Hill Foundation. So, uh, yeah, we're staying busy and doing a lot of stuff. That's great. So so one of the things you shared was, uh, you know, the, the uh, part of the trilogy was the ultimate legacy. Does that tie in with, you know, your specific legacy? I think so. I mean, uh, you know, and legacy is not something we do at the end of our life and you know we think about what am I going to scrape together and have as a legacy our legacy is something we're building a day at a time uh, last month uh, 
the university I attended, my alma mater, gave me a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I said, hey, I, I'm, I'm just in my 50s. Can we make this half a Lifetime Achievement Award or something? Because uh, I'm still kind of working on it here. But, um, you know, we are all building our legacy every day in every way with everything we do. And, you know, there are people listening to you and me now. I'll never meet them. And I may never experience them. I may never know them. And my whole legacy with them is this conversation I'm having with you right now. So we have to think about that every confrontation, every conversation, every task we take on every day. We need to ask, <clears throat> ask ourselves that question that I got from my mentor, Coach John Wooden. He said, that before you do anything in your daily routine, ask yourself one question. What would I do right now if I were amazing? What would I do right now if I were amazing? And if you will attack everything you do all day as if you were amazing, you'll find yourself having an amazing day and an amazing week and an amazing life. Wow, that, that's uh, powerful. Um, I love that. So with your, with your legacy that you're, that you're you know, striving for, with the impact that you're having through your movies, your books, and, and your different businesses, you know, you know, how, do, how do you want people to remember you? I, you know, I hope they will remember me as nothing more or less than the guy that held up a mirror to them so they could examine their goals and dreams and ambitions and create their own legacy. Uh, my legacy is the service I hope to have to my readers and viewers and the people that uh, I deal with through my through my business. Right. So that's great. So when when you um, uh, you know I know you have a, a background with uh, your faith um, and you were brought up in a mm -hmm. in uh, and with a strong faith and obviously mm -hmm. living in Tulsa <laughs> and in that area. Yes. Um, and um, you know I, I always like to you know incorporate that uh, for those that have a, a strong faith. You know how important is that to you um, oh, in in what you do? Oh, it's critical. I mean, it's not a it's not a part of my life. It is my life. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think we can compartmentalize our faith and, right. and pull it out on Sundays and, and and go participate in some ritual. I mean, I did grow up in Tulsa in a religious family, but at some point in your life, religion is great. Right up until you come into a conflict or a turmoil in your life, and then you have to go from religion to relationship. And, mm. uh, you know, religion is a theory. Uh, relationship is a life. I mean, and too many people, their faith is a religion. It's just a set of uh, theoretical things, and they don't apply in their life. That would be like instead of getting married, you don't live with your, with your wife. Once a week, you go to this place and sit in an auditorium, and a guy talks to you about living with your wife. And th that would not uh, be very fulfilling. Well, the same thing is true in, in, our, in our faith. I mean, uh, instead of having some religious-type set of constraints on your life, if it'll become a relationship, then, you know, it pervades every area of our life. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not like you're a husband and a father, certain hours of the day and the rest of the time you're not it becomes who you are not what you do right that's that's a very great analogy i love that um so um i i believe as we start to wind down here um 
that you you know uh, the millionaire map book uh, by itself I mean that's a that's a great uh, there's a great message in there and a good, you know it's it's actually very practical information um, uh, you know especially you know your story of, of how you're impacting people um, but you know is there is there one thing that you would want to tell the listeners today that you know that you would uh, want to share with them to say you know this uh, this would be a great step for you to take well I, I want you to realize this life we're living right now, this moment, this is not a practice game. This is the World Series and the Super Bowl and the Olympics all rolled up into one. And if you don't feel that kind of power and passion about what you do all day, every day, you need to make a, a change, a diametrical change in your life. And uh, because at best, at best, life is too short. And we were all given this life as a gift and uh, many of us are not living it that way. You know, the meaning of life is to find our gift, to find what we're good at, and our purpose is to give it away. So, you know, find your gift, give it away. That's what we're here for. And, um, and too many people, this life has become some kind of drudgery or something to survive instead of thriving and having passion to pursue the things that matter to you. Right. And... Um something that came to mind there uh, was, um, you know, as you uh, step out and do what you're doing on a daily basis, you know, what I'm wondering, and I know this is probably fun for you, but what, what does Jim do for fun every day? Well, I, you know, like I, you, you alluded to, I mean, I love what I do, so it's hard to tell when I'm working and when I'm not. <laughs> I, I right. do read a lot. I love that. I love music. I love sports on the satellite radio. Um, and I have a number of friends, and, and I travel a lot, and uh, I try to do at least one thing unique to that place every time I go somewhere. So I, 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 I really love my life and uh, enjoy every moment of it. Awesome. So is there is there one spe – I know you mentioned in the beginning uh, uh, about listening to certain programs and stuff, but is there one specific person that, that has mentored you that, that has had a tremendous impact in your life? Oh, there are many. You know, if I had to refer you and your listeners to one person, it would be Napoleon Hill and his book, Think and Grow Rich. Um, and I've done a lot of books with the Napoleon Hill Foundation and written commentaries on his work. And I have a couple books out with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. But as I meet successful people and interview individuals at the top of their field, when I ask them what book would you recommend, if you could only recommend one book, more of them recommend Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill than any other title? Hmm. Right. That's uh, definitely one of the, one of the greats. Um, so as we uh, close out here, I want to thank you for taking the time, and I, and I also want to give you the opportunity to share uh, where people can find out more about you. Well, I, I want to thank you. I mean, uh, no one ever gives me a better compliment than to me expose me to their friends, their audience, their constituency. So you have honored me greatly today. If you want to get in touch with me or learn more, you can go to Jim Stovall, S-T-O-V-A-L-L, jimstovall.com, and you can email me. It's just jim at jimstovall.com. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you again, Jim. Uh, it's been a great honor and privilege to, to have you on the show and share your message with the world. And I appreciate you being out there, you know, having the impact that you are. And, and uh, you know, I've learned a lot from you uh, over the past several years and, and definitely just here. You know, I was actually taking notes as you're talking today. Well, so I'm always learning. Well, thank you so much. And 
I hope you have a just a wonderful holiday and a and the new year brings you amazing new things. For more information on the links and resources recommended in this show, please visit allinpodcast.com.